hey, this morning's going to be a little different. I'm gonna, it's almost like a two-part sermon that I'm going to be doing. Uh, because first, I want to talk about next steps of spiritual growth. We had uh, a bunch of people last week uh, come through services. and I'll get more into to those numbers. We're going to glorify God with that. And so I want to talk about spiritual growth and, and, and what that means and, and what that takes. More, more the mindset and the principle than the practical applications of it. Because if you talk about the practical applications of it, we'd be here a long time to break down what discipleship looks like on a big scale. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about baptism, water baptism. Uh, and just break some of that down. Because some of you, you've already made that decision. You understand it, but there might be some of you that you don't know what it means. You're not sure what we believe as a church. You might have some questions about it. And so I'm going to try to answer some of that. If you have your Bibles, Bible apps, let's go to Colossians. This is kind of Paul's way of rewording the Great Commission. In Colossians 1.28 says, We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. So Easter was amazing. Uh, we, we definitely did a lot of proclaiming. And uh, at, just here at our campus, we had over 4,200 people come through our services. We had 48 decisions for Christ at our five services. Uh, but, but get this, get this, across the state at all of our campuses, we had over 38,000 people attend and hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And over 540 people made decisions across the state last weekend to rededicate or to follow Jesus. Uh, and here's the deal, we could not have done it with all of our serve teams. And so I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. If you served on any capacity, in any capacity over any of our Easter services, and you're in here, you mind just standing up real quick. If you served on any level, and, and I know who some of you are, so if you don't stand, I'm going to point you out. Come on, let's give these folks a hand. These are sons and daughters in the house. And we appreciate you guys. Love you. Couldn't do it without them, man. We did so many services. Woo, it was a lot of services. Sunday when I was done, I just kind of like walked out of here drooling on myself, mumbling like, he is risen, he is risen indeed. Just kind of repeating that over and over and over again. And went and hung out with some friends and ate some really good food. And then I went home and watched a violent movie. And because uh, that's what you do. And, and. And then I fell asleep, had a nightmare of being trampled to death by your kids at an Easter egg hunt, and then woke up Tuesday afternoon. So, uh, so that, that's what Easter looks like for me every year, if you were wondering. Uh, but today, I, I do want to kind of, this is like icing on the cake of everything that God did last week. I want to talk about spiritual growth. All living things grow. In fact, life is indicated by growth. If, if something isn't growing, then you can probably question whether or not there's life there. It's really sad when something doesn't grow. It's really sad when a child doesn't grow. There are diseases that can keep kids from failing. One of our kids early on, Reeves actually, uh, the pediatrician told us that he was borderline failure to thrive is what they call it, where they were saying that his body was essentially going to consume itself. We're like, wow, you're a really encouraging pediatrician. So we got a different pediatrician and... And Reeves is great, by the way. He's doing awesome. But, but it is really sad when someone doesn't grow and to develop the way that God intended and designed them to. 
And when it comes to spiritual growth, you know, some people grow up early in life and some people grow up later in life. But the key is that you grow. It says this in Ephesians 4.14. We are not meant to remain as children at the mercy of every change or chance wind of teaching. Now, this is so important because that chance wind of teaching, this world is full of a lot of different weird teachings. And if you're spending any amount of time on the news, social media, look, it, it's not really difficult for you to start hearing stuff that could cause you to question everything. And, and that's why you've got to continue to grow. But we are meant to hold firmly to the truth and love. And if you have a pen, I want you to circle that. That's so key. Truth and love. Circle those words. Truth and love. And to grow up in every way into Christ, the head. The reason why truth and love is so important is because a lot of people don't get the balance of that correct. And those things are put together for a reason because there's too many people. Those, those weird teachings, those weird teachings can include people that are completely emphasizing God's grace and his love without the truth of his word. But you can also be completely consumed and only interested and focused on truth and just yelling it and screaming it at people and not have any grace and love and people won't receive it. And so spiritual maturity indicates like, hey, you're gonna walk in the balance of this and that's who Jesus was. He was 100% truth and he was 100% grace. They coexisted together. So this is my heart for you. One day you're gonna stand before God. That's gonna happen either when Jesus returns or the stats would show that one out of every 99.9999999999 people die. I know that's not the most encouraging stat you've heard and it's not 100% because we know a couple of people didn't die, they just went straight to heaven and so I've gotta throw that out there. When that happens, my heart for you is that you would be able to stand before him spiritually mature that you became everything that he designed you to become, that you walked in the fullness of everything that he had designed for your life. Not that you were perfect, but you were constantly adjusting and allowing his Holy Spirit to align you with his sovereign will and how he designed you. But this doesn't happen on accident. And so a lot of times the role that I have with you is kind of as a spiritual coach. And it's to encourage you, it's to admonish you. It, it's, it's to challenge you. Sometimes it's to make you uncomfortable so that you don't get to a place where you are stagnant. Because when you get stagnant, you get sour and stinky. And there is nothing worse than a sour, stinky Christian other than a legalistic Christian. And so today, I'm just going to try to get you to move one step, the next step towards spiritual growth. And by the way, we've got a lot of people that are here today that are not going to stand still. And they're taking their next step by going public with their faith and making a covenant and a commitment. They're gonna live for Jesus for the rest of their life. And I'm proud of those people. Let's give them a hand, come on. <laughs> 
1 Thessalonians 4.1 says this, Brothers and sisters, because of the Lord Jesus, we ask and we encourage you to excel in living a God-pleasing life even more than you already do. And this is, this is what I want the growth to look like in your life. Like even more than you already do. I think in order to understand what causes growth, you have to understand some of the myths around growth. So I'm going to hit these real quick. One myth about growth is that it's automatic. And that's not true. In fact, you can grow older without getting mature. And I meet people all the time that are older in age and really immature, emotionally, socially, and certainly spiritually. So it, 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 your faith is not like driving an automatic. It's more like driving a standard. And some of y'all, it's difficult for you to shift spiritually, and it's also difficult for you to do it if you were driving a standard. But at the end of the day, it is a choice for you to push the clutch in and to go to that next gear. Here's the deal, you can run at high RPMs for the rest of your life and make the decision to just be comfortable there, but there's some risk to that. The risk is that you're gonna blow your engine up. The risk is you're gonna burn out or you can shift. Shifting is scary because you go faster. And when you go faster, there can be more liability. But there are some things that God wants to do in you and through you and some places and, and people that he wants you to get to and reach that you can't if you don't shift. So it's not automatic. And some of y'all are in reverse. We call that backsliding. <laughs> and neutral is just as bad. God wants you to shift. Another myth is that growth is instant. Growth is instant. The reality is there is no magic pill to grow. There is no magic pill to grow spiritually. I, look, I grew up in some churches, and some of you guys can relate to this, where they treated the altar like this magic wand. Like, I think it's important that people get ministered to at the altar. We have a, a prayer team that ministers to people all the time. But I never want you to think that just because you come down to the altar and get prayer, that all of a sudden, magically, everything that was wrong in your life is just going to get fixed because it doesn't work that way. It takes time. It takes time, not because it takes God time, because it takes us time to adjust to the glory of God. Because God's always ready, able, and willing, and he can do anything in an instant, but he knows what it takes for each one of us. Growth is not instant. There's also this myth that you can grow just by attending church. Look, you could attend church your whole life and be completely spiritually immature. A lot of people think that Christian life is really just a series of meetings. And so as long as you, from time to time, catch one of the Christian meetings, that you're good to go as a Christian. But I would say, not from a judgmental standpoint, but more from a bleeding heart standpoint, you are missing out. Because I want to let you know that the presence of God and what he wants to do in your life and your Monday through Saturday, early in the morning and into a difficult afternoon and at the end of a long day and even while you sleep, what he wants to do, what he's willing to do that you might be missing out because you think the church is just enough. Check. Man, you're just missing it. 
So those are some myths. This is why, look, this is why we don't put too much stock in how many people are in our seats. Because in the same respect that you don't count how many soldiers you have by how many are in the mess hall, you count them by how many are on the battlefield. Because you could have a lot of people here consuming, but if you're not living it out and it's not playing out in your life, if the love of Jesus is not displayed in who you are from day to day, in your work and in your family and in your marriage, then I'm sorry, you're missing out on the whole point. God has more for you. So what does the Bible say about spiritual maturity? First of all, spiritual growth is intentional. It's intentional. Paul knew this. Philippians 3.12, it says this, not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining. Look, this is intentional. You gotta make the decision to do this. Towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's not accidental, it's intentional. You have to intend to grow. And I don't know how to say this any clearer. You are as close to Jesus as you choose to be. If you are not close to Jesus, I'm sorry, you cannot blame it on your mom and dad. You can't blame it on your kids. You can't blame it on your spouse. You can't blame it on a situation or circumstance. I'm sorry, you can't even, you can't even blame it on abuse. You can't blame it on hurt. You can't blame it on schedule. You are as close to Jesus as you choose to be. He did all that he needs to do. He came all the distance that he would ever possibly need to come. It's just a matter of whether or not you're gonna draw close to him. He'll come the rest of the way. He'll come the rest of the way, but you are as close to him as you choose to be. This couple had been married a long time, driving down the road in one of those old pickup trucks. Remember the bench seat pickup trucks, right? Those are the right kind of trucks to drive on a date because that day could sit all the way close to you. But they're driving down the road and they pull up to a stoplight car pulls up next to him and there's this young couple in the car next to him and they're all snuggled up together and being all mushy and romantic and the wife of the couple that's been married a long time, she's clear against that window. She's looking at them, looking at them, looking at her husband driving. She said, do you remember when we used to drive around town like that? We used to sit that close? What happened? And the husband said, well, I didn't move. <laughs> God didn't move. You may have. So move back. Move back. He's, he's ready. Just move back. Spiritual growth happens in spurts. I think this principle can help relieve a lot of guilt and shame and condemnation that you've allowed to come into your life when you can understand that spiritual growth is seasonal. Not everybody grows at a constant rate. 
You're going to grow a little, and then you're going to plane off some. And then you're going to grow a little, and then you're going to plane off some. You have to understand that. Everything in creation happens that way. Everything that is alive, every plant, it works the same way. Nothing grows constantly. There's times when you're not going to be growing. This happens in us. Remember adolescence? Kevin Costner, you know, the actor, when he graduated high school, he was five foot two. Five two. And then he grew to six one after he graduated high school. Could you imagine a five foot two Robin Hood? <laughs> a five foot two bodyguard, I'm sorry, Whitney Houston and that whole thing, that wouldn't have looked right. David Robinson happens to be a part of the greatest sports team that's ever existed in history, the San Antonio Spurs. He had three growth spurts, 10 inches, six inches, and seven inches, three separate growth spurts. His family was broke, clearly. Like, there's no way. Like, that's crazy. Look, when we were growing up, my brother, he had a seven-inch growth spurt in six months. I remember him just like writhing in pain at night with the growing pains, just like yelling and screaming. Here's the deal, though. How many of y'all grew up in a house that like when people outgrew clothes, you didn't buy new clothes? You made shorts, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. Like we were growing up, we wore rustlers, rustler jeans. So we made those into shorts. We called them warts, which is as attractive as it sounds. Like it was not, it's not a good thing. Things happen in seasons. Gardeners know all about this. Things that you try to grow, they grow in the spring and in the summer, and then they're dormant in the fall and in the winter. The same is true in your life. You're going to go through some seasons. And some of you, you might be in a winter right now wondering what in the world is going on, but there's a couple things that happen in winter that don't happen at any other time. One is your roots go deeper. Another is there might be some trimming that needs to happen. You might need to be cutting some things out of your life. It says in Galatians 6, 9, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Number three, spiritual growth begins within you. What I mean by this is it is simply Christ in you. It's Jesus Christ living inside of you. It is an overflow. It says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in my body, I live by faith and the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The goal of Christian life is to live like Jesus. You can't be Jesus. But the awesome thing is, this is just allowing the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in you. I'm not a good person because of effort. My ability to be good Anything that is good is simply me surrendering and submitting to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the character of Christ that's already in me and just walking that out. 
Let him live through you. Comes a point when, you, when you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you get to relax and say, Holy Spirit, you help me love people. You help me be kind to people. You help me be honest and sincere. You help me keep my commitments. You help me trust God. So what is your next step? How are you going to continue to grow? You may need a life group. You may need that desperately. You may need to start with going to a Connect class today or next week with Connect Continues where you can just get some principles of discipleship like how do I pray? Study the word. Why is connectivity with the body of Christ biblical and necessary? Maybe you need to be water baptized. Whatever it is, I would encourage you. Today is the day. Don't keep waiting. Don't get stagnant. When you're sitting around, the danger is you'll start slipping backwards. I'd encourage you, I don't know where you're at in it today, but take a step forward. And maybe the step that you need to take today is you have never surrendered. Stop doing things in your own effort. The truth is there are no good people. We are all broken and lost and sinful. That's why we need a savior. That's what we celebrated last week. But have you celebrated it? Not out of service. Have you understood what the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus means for you? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. I just want to give you a chance to do it right here, right now. Here today. Look, I, this is probably the quickest that I've ever gotten to an invitation in my life. But here's what I do know. I know that every person that is here is here for a reason. I know that I have been praying all week along with a lot of our staff and leaders and volunteers. We have been praying that God would prepare hearts. And so I believe that there's some of you, before you even woke up this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. God has been speaking to you and God has been preparing you for this moment right here, right now, to encounter a Savior to encounter a God who is sovereign, who is the creator of the universe, who's more powerful and majestic than anything that you could ever imagine or describe, and yet he is as close as your skin, loves you desperately, wants you to know how much he loves you, accepts you, and wants a relationship with you. But the word says this. It says that we've all sinned. And our sin separates us from God because he's holy. Meaning he's perfect. It's not his will that we're separated from him. It's his will that every person be reunited with him through faith in his son, Jesus.
If you're here today and you've never done that, or you just feel like you're a million miles away from him, there might have been a time and it may, may have been an emotional thing or, or just an intellectual thing, but it was not a sincere heart thing and you realize that now, but today you're ready. You're ready to be honest. You're ready to be true and say, yeah, I'm lost and I need a savior. If you're here today and you admit that that's you, I wanna include you in this prayer. I'm just gonna ask you to be bold enough just to admit it, just to say, yeah, yeah. And I'm just gonna ask you to put your hand up right now across this room if you know you need a savior. Nobody's looking around, I'm not gonna embarrass you. Thank you, yes, yes. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? I need Jesus. I need to surrender my life to him. I'm away from him. I need God today. Got it. Anybody else? Okay. All right. There might have been more people. You, you know you're making this decision. You raising your hand doesn't get you saved. I do believe raising your hand it's gonna do something in you. Anytime you make a physical move towards the things of God, it's gonna unlock faith in you you didn't realize you had. That's the only reason why I'm asking you to do that. Is there anyone else? I need Jesus. I need a savior today. Make sure I see you. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Got it, bro. Okay. Every person that's just raised your hand, I just wanna say how proud I am of you. But I want you to know how proud God is of you. You have always been his son and daughter. You've always been that. Whether or not you completely understood it or realized it or accepted it, but right now, you're, you're stepping in to, to fully adopted, accepted and loved. And this is all you need to do, just talk to him. You don't have to say exactly what I'm getting ready to say, but something like this, just say, God, here's my life. And I know that I have sinned. And I know that I know that I can't save myself. There's no amount of effort. I'm not good enough. But I thank you that you sent someone that is perfect, that is good, and his name is Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. You died. You were tortured and beaten. You bled and died. It's a perfect sacrifice for my sin. <laughs> but you didn't stay dead. You defeated death. You defeated my sin. You rose from the grave. And I thank you that right now, as I ask for forgiveness, and as I confess you as my Lord and Savior, I thank you that it doesn't stop right here. It's just the beginning. And I thank you, God, that you're gonna help me to grow into the person that you've called me to be. Thank you, God, I, now I have the hope of heaven. Thank you for that. But I'm not waiting on heaven to see your kingdom come and your will be done. I want it to happen now in my life. Give me purpose in you. Help me to understand your word. Help me to be connected to the body of Christ so I can grow and learn and be challenged and be supported. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give those people a hand. Proud of you. Come on, it's better than that. This is salvation. This is Jesus.